Welcome back to the Coffee and Foils podcast. I'm your host, Simone, bringing you the client's perspective from the other side of the chair. Joining me on this week's episode is Meg, a former luxury retail manager turned stay-at-home mom. Listen to the full episode to hear how her priorities and her relationship with her hair has changed as her own life has changed. Hi, Meg. Welcome to the Coffee and Foils podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Uh, A true pleasure. So the reason you are here for our listeners is because you have had quite a journey through hair being a priority and not being a priority um, through your many jobs and then pandemic life and mom life. (laughs) And you know, I think for hairdressers, since that's kind of the whole point of this, it's important for us sometimes to realize that other people's priorities do change, just like in our own lives. But when we go to work, we, I think, sometimes tend to forget whatever is going on in our clients' lives at home might change how often we see them or their budgets or why they're coming to see us. Like, we don't always know the backstory, right? So if you could give us just a little bit of insight as to one person's backstory, that would be um, fantastic. So let's start from wherever you feel comfortable starting with. Sure. So I think like everyone else in the world, the last 18 months to two years to, I don't even know how long it's been anymore. It's just a, (laughs) we've all been in this pandemic. Um, Life has just been different. I have spent the last 15 years in luxury retail, working from some of the top, top luxury brands, being client facing, dealing with clients on an everyday basis. And the expectations of those jobs was perfect makeup, full face, perfect hair, colored, cut, pulled back in a very specific way. Our nails had to be done. Our dress code was supposed to be luxury exquisiteness. And so that was what I was used to every day commuting into Manhattan and then the pandemic hit and then you know life got a little tough because I was actually laid off from my job and all of a sudden I became a stay-at-home mom to two little ones and I no longer needed to have perfect hair perfect nails perfect clothes I was in sweatpants and a mom bun Uh, so my journey in my own looks and then with my stylist has been a little bit different um, because I'm living a vastly different life than I was 18 months ago so that's kind of where I am right at this moment in time I think that's a really great summary. You just did that very <laughs> Like I almost want to say, you rehearse this. <laughs> no, I've been doing some job interviews here and there, but that's not my skill. <laughs> Podcasts and job interviews, but no. And with my children mostly, you know, just telling them how great I am. So no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, that is the job of a mom, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, so let's, let's backtrack to sure. kind of your hair. I mean, you touched on it where your hair was like, when you were working luxury retail, if that's what you call it. Sure. Yeah. That, that's, I think the, uh, the industry term. Yeah. Okay. So just all the fancy brands I, uh, you could think of, um, that's where I I've spent my time and on fifth Avenue in Manhattan where, you know, uh, the wealth of, of the clients and, and even my, uh, coworkers has was astronomical. Uh, so as a brand ambassador, that's another buzzword for you. Um, we were very, specifically told how to look in our own ways, of course, you know, you didn't have to have the same hair color or the same 
nail color, skin color, obviously, but in that vein, you had to look a certain way. So our hair was supposed to be pulled back in a very stylish way, but no roots. That would obviously be a no-no. I mean, perfect highlights, perfect hair. I'm a blonde-ish. I was blonde as a child. I, I claim to be blonde, but I definitely have some <laughs> light brown roots that show through and some grays now that I'm approaching 40. But um, that was something that was part of our reviews, actually. Um, the way that we presented ourselves at our job was do your nails have no chips or your hair perfect? Is your makeup full face? You had to have a full eye and a, and a little lip or a big red lip and less eyes. So um, I had to think about every day what I looked like. Uh, so that was uh, something I did for 10 to 15 years is really, really focused on are those roots showing through? Are the highlights good? Is the hair pulled back? Is it frizzy? Is it, um, you know, up to the standard of the company I was working for? So huge focus. Uh, in that world. <laughs> that's, that's super interesting. Um, I mean, as, as hairdressers, I think yeah. obviously we're expected to look a certain way because like mm -hmm. if we look like a hot mess, <laughs> sure. I, don't know, I don't know what kind of client, I mean, I'm sure there are people out there who will go to someone who's a hot mess. Sure. But, you know, I've never actually thought about what's expected from looks in other industries. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I have business women who like to mm -hmm. be put together. Sure. Or, things like that. But that's, that's really interesting. So with your hair being pulled back and you being mm -hmm. a not so natural, natural. Blonde, <laughs> sure. I like that term. Uh, how often did you have to get your hair done? I was probably going every six to eight weeks. Um, something like wow. that, you know, yeah, definitely, you know, going for either the full head of highlights or then in between doing some maintenance, doing some root touch up or doing half a head of highlights, um, you know, and the hair back was an expectation of the day to day. We had a lot of events and client experiences where we could have our hair down and it had to be styled. So uh, at night, we would sometimes transition for 10 hours of working in the boutique to hosting a charity event or hosting a client event or having appointments and having to then go from day to night and kind of do our hair ourselves. So we were in our very tiny bathrooms with our wands, <laughs> you know, doing some curls and re-blow drying and dry shampooing. Um, but yeah, so I was going quite often. And, and on top of that, you know, manicures and reattaching makeup throughout the day, making sure lipstick was always on point, you know, nothing was smudged. So it was, uh, it was a lot. It was a lot of um, maintenance for sure. Yeah, that's actually what I was going to say. So like your job had you literally employed as a high maintenance human. And, and I was actually a manager at these, at these um, jobs. So I was actually also responsible for telling my employees, hey, your hair needs to kind of be cut or your nails are chipped or your lipstick is just not the right color today. And that's a very interesting conversation to have with different humans who maybe don't make that be a priority, but if you're in this job, it is a priority. So yeah, yes. we were looking at each other and, and judging each other's hair constantly. And that was what we were supposed to be doing. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, like you literally signed up to be judged in a way. It, yes, it was fun. It was so fun. No. <laughs> Sounds really healthy. <laughs> it, it was very healthy. And that's, no, I mean, listen, that's for a different podcast, but um, it was a great, it was a great job and it was a great way to just really make sure that your looks were a central focus, which is nothing that I'm used to in my everyday life, but it, it, it became something that you had to really put as a priority. So, right. Yeah, so for sure. during those years, you know, let's just say with over a decade of sure. focusing on that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. um, 
all of a sudden the pandemic hits. Yes. And I mean, I think for several months, at least in New York, at least three months went by that no one could get their hair done. Sure. So you immediately went from getting your hair done like every month and a half, two months. Sure. To it like screeching to a halt. And then did you go back to work right away? I did. So we actually, in a very weird, I mean, like I keep saying, I was in retail. So we worked in a store. We were in the boutique, but we were working from home, which was another weird concept. But we were having Zoom calls where we were um, talking to one another, essentially, and connecting with our clients. Um, So we did that for about three months. And then I did go back into the boutique for a few months after that. Um, And we all kind of had, like you said, no hair appointments, no nail appointments. We all looked, I guess, the best we could do organically from (laughs) the boxes of CVS hair dye and, you know, like whatever (laughs) we were doing ourselves. Um, And then, yeah. And then unfortunately, you know, the world didn't pick up in that industry, you know, as much as we would have liked. And there was layoffs, um, pretty drastic layoffs uh, throughout the company. And I was one of those unfortunate people that got laid off. And I was, I had a three-year-old and I was newly pregnant and I was in a completely different world of, oh, now I'm a stay-at-home mom, which is something I never thought I'd be. And like, what does that look like? And uh, how does that, how do I, how do I physically look like that? And how, what does that look like, you know, emotionally? So very different couple of months. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, <laughs> we, we all came out of this pandemic or we're still in it, however <laughs> you want to look at it. Sure. Like different people mm-hmm. than when we went in and more ways than one. Sure. Um, I mean, your story is special because it's yours, but it like in no way is it unique, right? Like sure, the whole sure. world is all still going through something like that. Absolutely. So in terms of your hair. Yes. How, like when the salons reopened, did you go back and immediately go back to that? Like six to eight weeks maintenance schedule or you were like, what am I doing? I think it was a combination of a couple things that you mentioned in the beginning. I didn't have a job now. So, and I wasn't being told that my hair had to look a specific way. My son certainly didn't care what it looked like. So (laughs) from a budget standpoint, it was like, okay, is this like blondie blonde highlight I've been doing for the last decade working in my lifestyle and also in my budget and also in this new look that isn't tied to a corporation or what somebody's telling me to look like. So uh, no, I, I can't even remember when I went back, probably the same time everyone else did. And um, I kind of decided gradually that maybe I want to be a little bit more natural and um, maybe bring my hair a little bit back to um, its lighter brown state uh, so that I don't have to go as often and so that I don't have to have this perfect cut because it's in a bun half the time. So um, just kind of reevaluating and also not like I've done anything super cool, like have pink hair or anything yet, but that was something we had to have natural colored hair at work as well. So can I do something a little more daring? Is that something I want to do down the line? Can I have a cut that maybe doesn't get pulled back in a bun? So kind of looking at what do I want to look like and what do I want that journey to look like is something I'm still figuring out. Uh, but it's definitely not that every six weeks blondie blonde uh, highlight uh, situation that was going on before. So what's your maintenance like now? Every like three, four months, six months? Yes. Yes. And actually the last time I went, I asked for a little bit darker, which I already want to go back to blonde. I think that once you're blonde, you just always want blonde. I'm like, oh my <laughs> gosh, it's so dark. But I'm, she's like, yeah, come back every four months. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I'm like, I don't look blonde enough. So I, 
I think that with the blonde, that's always the, the thing you have to figure out. When you're blonde, you want to be dark. When you're short, you want to be long. When you're long, you want to be short. So of course, you know, uh, yeah, exactly. So um, I think right now I'm kind of in this light brown phase, um, but I'm probably going to go back to blonde. Summer's coming, you know, Every, you know that better than anyone. Yes. Everyone wants to be blonde <laughs> in the summer, right? <laughs> it's like the temperatures, like you know, raise five degrees and everybody starts itching for... Literally, you know. that's how I am. Yeah. I'm like, I want my hair to be long and I want it blonde. Now it's short and brunette. So just make it happen, you know, <laughs> with one visit. You Wave know, one the visit magic wand. Exactly, exactly. So with, with all of this changing for you, mm-hmm. did you find that you had to like have a conversation with your hairdresser? Did, did he or she help you come up with a plan or is this something that just kind of like happens organically over time? To be completely honest, I actually had a little bit of a breakup hiatus conversation with my hairdresser. I was pretty honest with the fact that at I was trying to figure out what our expenses looked like. I no longer was a dual income. I married, so I didn't have that dual income. We have children. So I was going to take a little bit of a pause on my hair and either kind of, you know, do it myself or let it go. And there was a good like six to eight months where I probably just didn't go back to the salon. And then she was super understanding. Obviously she's like, I'm here when you, when you're ready, I understand. Um, and then I actually, the last two times I've gone back to her only very recently. So within the last couple months, um, where I'm like, okay, this, we figured out budget. I figured out kind of what I want to do with my hair and I'm ready to kind of go back to a, a formal stylist and have it done. Um, you know, and then events, don't forget events started again. So for a while you get through with a bun, but then you have weddings and christenings and all this stuff happening again. And you're like, oh, I should have nice hair for this. So yeah. you're like, oh wait, people are going to see me. Again. Exactly. Like we're all not still on zoom calls. So we need to yeah. actually kind of get our hair done. Cause if they're going to have their hair done, I have to. So yeah. So I really did have a little bit of a, you know, it's not you, it's me. And I'll, I'll be back when I can. <laughs> and, um, you know, she was super understanding, which I think made me actually go back to her as soon as I could was, um, you know, she wasn't looking at me as like a transaction. She was like, you know, I hope you find a job or I hope, you know, I will hope your kids are well and I'm here when you need me. So that made me feel like, okay, you know, uh, she understands, which I think as you know, like it's a relationship. So, um, that's what I was going to say. It's, it's totally a relationship. I've said it a million mm -hmm. times, but also like, She's like, I'll wait for you. Don't you know, <laughs> exactly. Go, go spread your seed or whatever. <laughs> you need to do. Which is what I'm doing on a daily basis, naturally. Yes, that's what I'm doing. Um, no, and, and I think that, you know, but my husband would laugh if he was listening to me right now because he's like, What budget are you exactly talking about? Because I have changed no lifestyles. I mean, no lifestyles. For a few months, I maybe pretended I did. And I'm like, I'm back. Okay. We need the full head of highlights. Let's do this again. So uh. that's so funny. Yeah. So in my mind, we have a budget, but you know. (laughs) So, okay. So in all of this, Mm -hmm. obviously your priorities change. Like we've already touched on that. You had a job that was making you, you know, be beautiful at all times. And then you kind of got relaxed and the pandemic, not get it done and the job, whatever, whatever. Sure. Sure. Quick recap. Um, How did it feel to you looking in the mirror and not seeing the person you always saw you you did say something about kind of now reevaluating and figuring out what you actually want yes I mean I I think that it's obviously this is hair specific but it's also so much deeper than that like when you have a career or a company or a brand that you work for and you become so tied to the identity of that 
I'm a working mom, I'm a working mom, and I work for this company. And then you're like, oh, wait, now I don't have that. What, do, what am I? And I think that I reevaluated my life and what I wanted to do. And I reevaluated, wow, I can have a double hole in my ear if I wanted. And I can have crazy nail colors and crazy hair colors. So what, it, what who am I? And, you know, I think I mentioned before, I'm, I'm you know, 38. So it's like a mid sort of, I don't even know what this crisis would be, but you know, you're trying to figure out like, who am I when I don't have this job or this look? And I think I would look in the mirror and be confused um, and try to understand like, who's Meg, who am I? And what, what do I want to look like at this stage in my life? So it was weird, but I think in all growth of any kind and change of any kind is, is good. So now I kind of think about more like, what would I want my hair to look like? What would I, you know, how do I want to dress? How do I want my makeup to be? And, and not so much tied to this is how it has to be. So weird, scary, but now kind of good would probably be the, <laughs> the timeline. I mean, I think that sounds like a natural progression of things. Sure. sure. Um, yeah. And, you know, we, we're also living in a world of everybody is always talking about self-care, right? So yes. that's something I for sure want to touch on because, mm-hmm. I mean, nobody would know this listening, but like you and I have had our kids at virtually the same time. Like we Absolutely. Have, you know, our two each were born seniors. Let's, <laughs> exactly. That's the easiest way to do it. So, you know, I mean, I went through the phase where I was like, home on maternity leave and mm-hmm. kind of looking like I do right now with a, like a unicorn bun on top of my head and wearing <laughs> sweatpants and every sure. single day after I came from a job mm-hmm. where I did my hair and makeup every day and sure. I tried to look cute and I kind of ended up feeling like a little bit like garbage and I remember <laughs> after this last maternity leave it had been three months since I had had my hair done because I, I was out of work for 12 weeks and I had had it done like right before I went out Mm-hmm. And I don't do my own hair. I think a lot of hairdressers do. Like, I just do not. If I am doing my own hair, there is something wrong. Like, ser- like God is it. not going to okay. go well for me. So <laughs> I remember looking in the mirror and going, like having a panic attack. Like, if I do mm-hmm. not get my hair done before I go back, I am not going to be on my A game. I cannot go back looking this way. I started feeling really down about myself because absolutely important. So how did that translate for you, even though your priority shifted and your budget shifted? How did that feel for you, you know, as a mom and also as a new mom, sure. because you have a little one, like a little yeah. one, um, <laughs> and like looking in the mirror and not feeling as done as you, as you used to feel? I think that you kind of just said it perfectly, regardless of the job and regardless of the outer um, influence we as women like to look and feel a certain way and especially if it's something we're used to so yes when you're on maternity leave or when you have a young child and a toddler you become like when was the last time I washed my hair when was the last time I wore any kind of makeup of any kind are these my husband's sweatpants like that kind of look <laughs> where you're like oh and so when you do go or when I do go to get a manicure to get my hair done specifically it's like oh, this is me again. It does, it is certainly self-care because you're, you're back to like yourself. You're taking the time away from your children, which is hard for all of our moms to do as moms to do, but uh, we have to do that. So when I come from the salon, I mean, I feel amazing, obviously, because you kind of go back to like, 
handing out the snacks and putting the sweatpants back on, but your hair looks good. So at least you have that going for you. So you're blonde while you're doing it and your hair's blown out. So, you know, it's okay that you have to put on, I don't know, Peppa Pig or Coco Melon or whatever you have to put on 50 times a day. Yeah, it's like you, you just have a really great hair day for like a solid week and you're like, you know what? I don't care that you just spit up on me. Exactly. It's all good. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I paid way so too much money for this. You're not going to spit up in this. Exactly. Anywhere yeah. else but that. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, when you were talking before about how you kind of had like a, not a breakup session, but like a conversation <laughs> with your stylist. Sure. About, it, it actually reminds me, this is from a million years ago, um, early in my career. I can't even remember the woman's name, but I was doing her hair. Maybe I had done it three times. We really connected as, as mm-hmm. every stylist should with their client, you know, every sure. is special. And she, I remember she was blonde. So I was doing some kind of highlight. And one day the, like someone from the desk came up to me and they were like, Simone, one of your clients is on the phone. I'm like, okay. So I pick it up and it's her. And she has this long monologue mm-hmm. about her husband had just gotten laid off from his job and she loves me so much and she loves my work, but her budget was changing and she didn't want to just disappear from my life. She wanted mm. me to know that it wasn't me. My work was great. And she basically like couldn't afford me, even though she, yeah. she couldn't afford me. And like, I mean, I've never seen her, her again. Like I can't remember her name. It's not like she came back sure. to me, but what was so interesting was that was early on where I learned, oh, people's lives might change. People mm-hmm. might move. People will lose their jobs. Um, mm-hmm. Their priorities will change. People will have babies. And when I was seeing them every two months, now I see them twice, twice a year. Absolutely. Yeah. And as a hairdresser, I have to adjust my expectations and also learn to adjust and grow with them and say, okay, so how can I make this work for you? Because like, I still love you and want to make you feel beautiful. Sure. No, and I and I think that, you know, um, at the heart of everything, whether you work in a boutique, whether you're in the medical field, whether you're, in, you know, doing hair, it's people connecting with people. So you don't want to say like, you know, where I leave you and you're like, oh, did, did I do a bad job? Or where I, you know, you're like, well, what happened to her? Like, you know, and, and I think that that's why I wanted to have that dialogue with my person was because, you know, we had built the connection over time. I'm seeing her every six to eight weeks and all of a sudden I'm going to disappear. Maybe she'd be busy where she wouldn't notice, but like maybe she would. And I wanted to make sure that like it wasn't her and, you know, I will be back, which I, I was able to do. And maybe in, in your case, this client was not able to, uh, but look how you still remember that years after that this person took the time to tell yeah. you like, it's not you. And I think that that's so important because if this last couple of years taught us anything, it's that people and connection is so important. And even when we go through these difficult times, like, you know, you're still a person that's important to her and vice versa. So definitely was important. I wasn't just going to like disappear. So. Yeah. And that's, I mean, definitely really valuable because not, I don't think everybody has that mindset or maybe everybody thinks like you just said, um, you know, like maybe she would notice you were missing, maybe not or whatever. Right. I mean, I think a lot of people would probably think, oh, she'll never even notice. I'll like, I'll get back when Mm -hmm. I get back. But it is nice every once in a while. Like there, I mean, I could think of five clients off the top of my head that I'm just like, every few years, I'm like, where did she go? Mm -hmm. Of course. I remember the last time I saw her and things were great. And then all of a sudden that person is gone. So I think especially when you're seeing someone less frequently as a stylist, because their priorities changed or shifted or whatever, you know, like I have my own life. I have my home life. I have 
my marriage, my kids, my friends, and then I have work. And then I have my relationships with each client that sits Mm -hmm. in my chair. And I can't always take the time to sit back and say, Hey, maybe they lost their job in the pandemic. Sure. Absolutely. No, it's, it's an important, uh, yeah. It's important to think. And I think we always say, you know, maybe let's say, is it me, you know? And so, um, it's probably not, I mean, sometimes it's probably a bad connection, not you specifically, (laughs) but you know, other times it's probably circumstantial or life. And you know, I think, yeah, it's, who knows what's going on with, with people, you know, we get to sit and chat. And I know with my, with my stylist, it's like, how's your mom? How's your dad? How's your sister? How's this? I was like, so they know everything, but then they might not know, you know, what happened, where they go. So, um, absolutely. And let me ask you maybe one more question, which is, so you've gone from a more high maintenance blonde to a very mm-hmm. low maintenance light brown, as you're calling it. Yes, sure. Um, natural light, blonde, natural dark blonde. No, I mean, you look blonde to me in this lighting. Thank I you. Oh, I thank you. Thank you. Um, do you have a look you prefer and a maintenance you prefer now that you've kind of lived a little bit of each life? I think, like I, I've said, blondes like to be blonde. I think that as much as, and I've been dark, I've, I've done red, I've done it all. I think that blonde is kind of what I like outside of other people telling me that that's what I should be doing, but probably a more low maintenance version of that. So I'm still probably going, I don't know, maybe I should be going more, you could tell me, but I'm still probably now going every three months, something like that, um, where we're doing like, alternating full with half highlights and then maybe doing like fancy words I don't know like root smudging and and what is that other thing where they sit me at the sink and the the glow the glaze and all that stuff you know so maybe something that'll stretch me a little longer where I don't have to go so often so I have a noticeable root but I'm still going to maintain my blonde because that's what I want to (laughs) do yeah I feel you on that and uh it's just I I have to plug my own uh, podcast here. Episode 14 is balayage and other lingo that clients don't understand where I interview a client about all the words and you should definitely listen to it because you'll get a kick out of it. I, I will because I, I didn't sound like very, I didn't sound like a professional with all the words I just used. I'm, I'm very shocked. No, <laughs> you sounded like a total professional, Meg. Don't worry about it. Oh, so, so sweet. Um, so yeah, I think this has been like insightful. I mean, to me, it all seems a little bit like common sense, but again, this is something that I think in the day-to-day, we don't always stop and take the time to, mm-hmm. to think about how people's lives are changing, especially through all of this and mm-hmm. motherhood. And like I said, like as a fellow mom with kids, basically the same age, I yes. know how much self-care matters. Like I started getting my nails done last summer when the baby, like right after the baby was born, just to get out of the house. I hate getting my nails done. I Yes, I agree. I hate, but every two to three weeks, I'm going to that nail salon so I can read a book mm-hmm. and be left alone. Absolutely. And that is my self-care. Moms, I mean, women, of all women, but moms especially need to do whatever they can for self-care. And beauty is a huge component of that because when you look good, you feel good, or at least it's a good step in the right direction to feeling good. So absolutely, I'm all for that. Yeah. And I've also found that like, as a mom, my self-care and my maintenance that I am willing to, to do is less. So even that has shifted in my own life. 
well yeah when you're getting ready for an when you're getting ready for an event it's like your husband's doing whatever and then you're getting each of the children ready and then you're like oh wait i have to wear something do my hair and put makeup on too so you used to be first now you're maybe third so it's uh as long as the kids look good maybe you look good but then they look at you and they're like actually you don't look that good so (laughs) you have to kind of put yourself in that list somehow but yeah it's it's essential to to try to prioritize it as much as you can obviously yeah um well to wrap it up I have to ask you the questions that I ask everybody (gasps) okay so first and foremost I need to know how do you take your coffee Ooh. Okay. It depends what kind of day I'm having. So if I'm having a day where I'm like, you know what, I don't care about what I'm putting in my body day. I'm going and having like a Starbucks, like venti quad ice caramel macchiato. It sounds But then I know it does sound great. Then there are other days where I'll just take, I'm a very iced coffee person. So I very rarely drink hot. It'll just be like an iced coffee with a tiny bit of sweetener. And then maybe like a splash of half and half. So I'm somewhere between like, you know, um, I don't even know what the calorie count on either of those could be. But one is a day where you need to treat yourself, those self-care days. And the other ones where it's like, your coffee shouldn't be a donut. So yeah. you're like, you're going to go like real toxic or you're going to go like super basic. There's- that is my baseline <laughs> personality. No, just kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, thank you for that. You're and, welcome. Uh, next question is, can you think of, without naming names, your yes. worst or craziest salon experience you've ever had? Yes, I can. It was during the transition where I decided I did not, I went really dark, uh, almost black, and I wanted to go back to blonde. So I sat in a salon for no joke, maybe six or seven hours, and they did all this stripping and bleaching and everything. And when I left, it was basically just as dark as when I had come in and I paid hundreds of dollars and I am not the person that complains. Like you give me the wrong food and I go, oh, that's what I wanted anyway. Like that's who I am as a person. But I had to go back and say like, I know you probably really tried, but like my hair is exactly the same shade. And she was like, oh, the process and the something and the something. Yeah, let me take a look at it. And then we kind of lightened it a little bit. But I walked out of there after hours looking exactly the same as when I walked in and giving out hundreds of dollars. So uh, that was an interesting one. Yeah. Um, Had you, because now I'm curious as to how that went. Yes. Because it is a process, but. It is. Had you box dyed? What was that? Had I what? Did you box dye your hair? dark or someone box dye no no box dye no she she had done it we had done it and it had been dark for you know a year and then I was ready or maybe a couple months and then the summer was coming so I was ready to go back to the blonde (laughs) naturally Uh, (laughs) naturally and so I know that we knew it would be a process um but I feel and I don't know anything but maybe it didn't lift that's the right word I don't know it didn't (laughs) it didn't lift the way she wanted it to because I think she was like, yes, that looks lighter. And then within that second session, a few days later, we were able to lighten it. Uh, so it could have been a, it could have been a mix of both things, my expectations, but maybe the way that it had been done. Um, and had I not challenged it, it would have kind of been okay. But I think, uh, no, that, I mean, that was hard. I was going from black to blonde. So I, I understood, but yeah, it was uh, a long day of, of the same look. Yes. I get that. Um, and I always like to end every episode on a positive note. So can you tell me your 
best salon experience you've ever had? Oh gosh. Um, can I be cheesy and say like my wedding hair? That's probably, you know, like you totally can. I mean, okay. I mean, you did look beautiful, but like, was that like the most beautiful you've ever felt and everything? Was it like a fairy tale? Yeah, I have to say yes now, right? No, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think that because the reason I say that experience is because you put so much time into that day and you go and you do all the hair trials and show different photos. And I think that, um, and it's not even the person that I uh, use. I don't, I don't um, go to her normally, but I think it was just all tied up in this very special look I was creating. And we achieved it together after multiple trials and it stayed up through the whole night and it looked the way I wanted it to look. So I think it's probably the most special, Um, but probably other than that, just, you know, being loyal to um, the stylist I have now and just knowing time after time that, um, you know, she's going to be there and, 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 you know, help me with my hair and my problems while I'm in her chair. So, you know, that would be like the one off and then just my everyday relationship with my stylist. So and I kind of love that because I think both of those are magical because you should feel the most beautiful on your wedding day. I tell everybody that's getting married that mm-hmm. it, they should they should never feel prettier than they do on that For day. Sure. Um, but I mean, as a stylist myself, I really value when someone has like such a great relationship and, and appreciates and loves their stylist. And, yeah, Aww, so and I do. I do. My, yeah cold little heart. <laughs> oh, I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> um, so thank you, Meg, so much. Oh, thank you. This has been so much fun. Here. Podcasting oh. is very fun. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. And I will talk to you later. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you again for listening to the Coffee and Foils podcast. If you loved what you heard and want more, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and most importantly, share. My mission is to help other stylists improve their guest experiences by hearing the client's perspective, and I need your help to make that happen. As always, follow me for podcast updates at Coffee and Foils podcast on Instagram and DM me with any questions or ideas you may have. Thank you and see you next Monday.